You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm your host this morning, joining you in a, on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Uh, the sun is shining. At least here it is in Fargo, where we're joining you from. So God's blessings are abundant, and we just got a chance to speak with the Bishop of the Diocese of Duluth, who corrected me in a multitude of ways in which I'm trying to live out my own uh, Fat Tuesday and, and other Lenten practices. So he definitely left me with a lot to take, and I'm definitely going to go back and listen to that segment again of Bishop Felton because he did an excellent job. And uh, I just want to be able to hear that with my kids. And we'll go to Dairy Queen and pray for the, the good bishop. And in this upcoming segment, we have with us Clement Harold, who works for the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, uh, a, a ministry that is certainly something I have benefited from greatly in my own life and in the life of my family. So, Clement, welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our it's our pleasure. I love the work that you guys do. Uh, it's so beneficial to a multitude of people, as I mentioned, even myself. And I guess we'd just like our listeners to get a chance to know you a little bit better. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to the St. Paul Center? Absolutely, yeah. So like you say, my name is Clement. Uh, I, as you can probably tell from the sound of my voice, I... I originally hail from across the pond uh, from the United Kingdom. Yeah, you you uh, have a see. I have a face for radio, <laughs> Clement. You have a voice <laughs> for radio. Well, there we go. I I appreciate that. Um, so yes, I, I come from England and uh, I came over to the states uh, to study at Franciscan University, uh, also in Steubenville, and I graduated there just last year. So I graduated uh, as a, a major in theology and philosophy and classics and began work uh, in the summer with the St. Paul Center, working there as a junior research fellow. And, uh, yeah, just been a really blessed experience. Like you say, it's, it's a really wonderful apostolate, a wonderful mission, a very important mission, I think, in today's world. So uh, that's a little bit about me. Uh, if, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a, a pseudo-selfish question. Uh, my daughter yeah. is a junior in high school, and we're going to take a family vacation this uh, May that's going to take us uh, through Steubenville. Do you have okay. any, as a recent student, do you have any advice or guidance for some uh, a, a young, uh, almost 17-year-old young lady who's considering going to the U? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Well, you know, Steubenville is a pretty a unique and wonderful place, so I think she will, she will like it. Uh, and I would say definitely... Uh, you know, on campus, uh, you know, just, you know, look around. There's a beautiful uh, sort of golf course adjacent to campus where you can uh, do some lovely walks. Uh, and the other thing I would say, I mean, you'll, you'll love all the people you meet. They, they tend to be <laughs> very friendly. The, the unfriendly ones, we, we sort of, uh, we hide. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, try, try not to reveal them. But it, it's a lovely community. And going downtown as well, I would also recommend. There's a, a great little coffee shop called uh, Leonardo's, and it's run by a Catholic family. And a lot of students will go down there to study uh, or just to hang out. So that would be my, my top tip for a student will visit, is to check that out as well. Okay, one, one more selfish question. Have you, have you seen <laughs> the Scott Hahn Library? I, I have, actually, yes. I have been down to the, the Scott Hahn Library. Uh, it's, I think it's 55,000 volumes and, and counting. Uh, so he's not doing too badly. Uh, but he is, uh, both he and Mrs. Hahn, uh, very, very generous um, 
with the space and, you know, allow students to, people like myself, uh, you know, research fellows to use it and, and to make use of it. So it, it is, um, yeah, definitely one of the sites of Steubenville. Uh, I had a friend of mine who was a, a student at Steubenville and a friend of hers graduated and worked for Mr. Hahn and she took a video on her phone of the library okay, yeah. and sent it to me. Now it was the old flip phone screen, so it wasn't the easiest thing to see, but I was floored at how large it was. It, yeah, it's, it's quite impressive. You sort of go down there and you, and you can't quite believe that this is in a house. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's worth seeing. Yeah, so as, as we move into Ash Wednesday and beginning our, our Lenten journey as Catholics, you've uh, released a book about reflections on that, and, and, and you've done some great work in this regard. Can you share with us a little bit about what you've done? Yeah, absolutely. So I put together this little book, um, almost a booklet. It really is sort of pocket size, and uh, it's called Journey Through Lent. And like you say, it's just giving reflections for every day of Lent, you know, not just Sundays, but all the weekdays, giving reflections on the Mass readings. And again, you know, it's maybe just a couple of pages for each day, and taking the readings, not just the Gospel, but all the readings, and looking at, you know, what do they mean, how do we understand them, uh, and trying to give like a meditation on them, as well as a some points of practical application. So, you know, I'm saying I've, I've read this, I've prayed over it, um, I've thought about it, and then how can I apply this to my life? So that's the book I put together, um, yeah, again, called Journey Through Men. And what, I'm always curious what causes people to decide you know, or, or, or discern what the next thing the Lord wants them to do is. So what was that journey like as you were deciding or discerning, you know, putting this together? Yeah, good question. So I was actually, I must must confess, I was asked to do this. Um, it's, it's not something I would have come up with on my own, but um, we were just having discussion at the at the center with the work we do and saying that we really felt like for this Lenten season, if you think of the lectionary that the church gives us, I mean, it really, you know, Lent is kind of like, I mean, I found this as I was reading through each day. It's, it's like the, the church's heavy guns, you know, it's the sort of, it really is the riches of what sacred scripture has to offer both Old and New Testaments. And so we really felt it would be great to have a sort of practical guide uh, as you know, a set of reflections to take us through that, to take us on that Lenten journey. And so I was asked to do it and, you know, very happily obliged. And it was really, for me, a very, just a very grace-filled process, writing uh, at times a little, you know, there was, a, I like to say, you know, a lot of a lot of grace and a lot of coffee went into these reflections. So it definitely, yeah, trying try to meet the deadlines. Uh, but, you know, I, I hope there is something there of use to people because, you know, even just for me, having to pause and take those readings more slowly, more thoughtfully, more prayerfully was very, very illuminating and really a uh, very enriching experience. And I hope it can be that for other people as well. Now, for, forgive me, I probably should know this as a quote-unquote good Catholic, but I'm still a practicing Catholic. I'm just trying to get better. Uh, do, the, do, the, <laughs> do the Lenten readings, are they the same all year? So is this, is this a, a, a book that I could use this year and then use it in following years, or will the Mass readings not line up the same? Yes, so you're, you're testing my knowledge as well. So, so I, I am also a bad Catholic. Um, but I, as, I, as far as I know, so I need to double check on that, but as far as I know, the readings for the Lent, for Lent do remain the same. I, I think it sometimes varies on Sundays, but I think the, typically the Church will use the same readings each Lent. Um, because what is the Church doing during Lent? Again, it's, you know, it, it's not so much one thing you'll notice as we begin tomorrow of Ash Wednesday is, Often there's not this kind of vertical connection between the first reading and the gospel. 
So sometimes, you know, we sort of expect there to be, oh, the first reading is connected to the gospel. Yep, yep. Uh, in Lent, it's different. It's more of this horizontal connection where the first readings are going to be connected and then the gospels are going to be connected. And what they're doing, they're trying to fulfill kind of different purposes. But, you know, particularly for the Old Testament readings, it's trying to give us the major events of salvation history. Because what is, you know, Lent is really, it's a narrative, you know, it's a story of the Christian life. It's a story of, you know, discovering what it means to be children of God. And so that's what the Old Testament readings are trying to do. Is give, here's the major events, you know, from Genesis and Exodus and Deuteronomy and uh, Joshua and Judges and Daniel and so on. It's trying to give all of those. And so the church, I think, returns to those every year. So there is that kind of continuity, um, you know, because of that. They're such valuable readings. Um, so I, that's, and like I say, that's, that's my, as far as I know, I have that correct. But you feel free to fact check me on that one. Well, I just, one of my favorite Lenten resources that I've found is a Stations of the Cross pamphlet that was put out by Belmont Abbey College years ago. And mm-hmm. I just always return to that same little pamphlet every Lent. <laughs> That's and fantastic, so, yeah. So I was curious, you know, I, I love the, the daily readings, but I will admit I don't do them nearly as often as I should. And yes. and to have something that every Lent I could, as I'm picking up my Belmont Abbey College book, if I could pick up your daily Mass readings and use it for years to come, that would be an extraordinary uh, extraordinarily good resource to be able to have for the you know Lenten journey as we move forward beyond just this Lent, but moving to you know for years to come. Uh, yeah, I, I very much hope so, uh, and I like how you put that. There. And, and I don't. This is not intended to be the the be all end all, but I, I do hope it is a helpful supplement to the other things that people are already doing, whether that's like you say the stations or litanies or whatever else it might be. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious. I. We got about two minutes before our next break. What what was kind of your your reasoning or the center's reasoning behind having this connected to the daily readings? Because I think that's just ingenious. That's exactly what we should be encouraging myself and other you know Catholics to be doing as well. Mm. Yeah, good question. I, I think uh, really you know it's going to the heart of our mission at the St. Paul Center, which is this mission of reading sacred scripture from the heart of the church and trying to arrive at a point where we have, you know, biblical fluency, the clergy, you know, the priests and bishops, but then biblical literacy for lay people. And why do we want that? Well, because we look at the world right now, we look at the culture, we see the effects of a culture that has lost its way, the effects of a culture that has forgotten the Word of God. And, you know, one of these really powerful themes that we're going to see again and again during Lent is this theme of remembrance, of recollection, of memoria. And I think what we're trying to do at the center is saying the Word of God, the sacred scriptures, have to be at the very center of our lives as Christians, as Catholic Christians. Why? Well, because they help us to remember who we are. They help us to remember the, the story of salvation history and where we fit into that story. So I, to me, why do we focus on the readings from Scripture? It's because of their centrality in our lives as Christians. Yeah, and I just... I have a, a mass, uh, or a missile, I should say, with the readings in it, and I have done a better job, but I'm still not doing it daily yet. Um, but yeah, just living what the Church lives through Scripture, I just think, is a brilliant idea, and, and a, another good reminder for, s- for folks like myself to get back into the daily readings and, and live that out. And so, we'll come back on the other side of this break. We are talking to uh, Clement Harold from the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, and we'll talk a little more length and maybe even get in a little British humor if we can here and there. So you're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network. 
live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. If you have ever been through the hell of deep darkness and suffering, like the suicide of a loved one, do you know that your experience may be helpful to someone else? I'm Father Chris Alar. Mercy is defined as a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it does something about it. And when you exercise the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, you are truly loving your neighbor. Jesus said, when a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with an abundance of graces that it cannot contain it within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Let us show you how to be that radiator and find healing for yourself in the process. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. UMary.edu. That's UMary.edu. listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. I am your host, Nathan Sather, joining you from the studio here in Fargo, North Dakota, where we're having an excellent conversation with Clement Harold, who works with the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, Clement. Thank you so much, Nathan. I appreciate it. Now, I'd, I'd like you to take this in one of two directions. You can either tell us how you got involved uh, with your work at the St. Paul Center, or you can talk about just the general work of the St. Paul Center. And if you do both of them, that's called a home run. All right. Okay, very good. Well, you know, one of the things I learned coming to America is just how many phrases you guys have involving baseball. So I, uh, and I've, I've, become, <laughs> I've taken to a number of them, you know, touch base is not something I'd ever heard before. Um, okay. And, you know, uh, home run as well. So I, I'll, I'll aim for the home run, shall I? Um, but yeah, no, how, how did I get involved? Well, um, I got to know Dr. Hahn. Uh, I had several classes with him during my time at Franciscan. And uh, he had really connected me and was interested in, in, in bringing me on for some research, uh, and also trying to, you know, reach younger audiences. And that was a big part of the reason for them taking me on, uh, is, is, you know, uh, that the St. Paul Center, like a lot of Catholic apostolates, is really looking, you know, what are ways that we can reach younger people? 
And uh, I was very excited about Prospect, and um, you know, it's been it's been here uh, just under a year now. And yeah, so a large part of what we're trying to do, like I mentioned before the break, is we're trying to educate Catholics about uh, sacred scripture, and realizing I think that most of us, if we're honest, we would say our, our sort of literacy when it comes to the Bible is is really quite low. And uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm the only one who you know all the sort of names and the dates and the the stories is like it gets quite it get quite uh, fuzzy, you know. It's you know, it's just it's a lot. It feels very daunting, especially the Old Testament. And so, what we're trying to do at the center is give resources that are going to help Catholics get the big picture, you know, get the the meta narrative, as people sometimes like to say. You know, what's what is the story of salvation history with Jesus as the climax? You know, he's the one that all of the old is leading up to. He's the one that brings the fulfillment of the new. And then likewise, where do I fit into that story? And for me, part of what makes it so exciting is, as a young person, uh, as I mentioned again before the break, is, you know, that there's, there's such a hunger in our culture for the Word of God. We see this, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, a figure like Jordan Peterson. Yep. You know, he's an example of, right, so, you know, he's someone who's a huge following, especially among young people, especially young men. And, you know, he's you know, has these biblical lectures on YouTube, millions of views, millions of listens. And I think what he gets to is, is the fact that there is this hunger, that people are looking for meaning, they're looking for value, they're looking for truth. But at the St. Paul Center, what we want to say is, you know, Jordan Peterson, you know, good on him. He's doing a great job as far as he goes. But that is not the fullness of what Christ has to offer. And so we're looking not just at the story of the Bible, the story of salvation, but we're also looking at it as history, as salvation history. You know, as people sometimes say, it's his story, it's God's story. And so we want to say that this, these events really did happen. They really did take place in time, in history. And the meaning that they have has the power to change not just a civilization, not just to build the West, but to change the world and to change your life and to change my life. And that to me is like, that's pretty awesome. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's a mission that I can get behind. So I don't know if that helps, helps answer your, your twofold question, but that, that's a little bit of why, you know, I'm very, very happy to be here. No, no, outstanding. That was definitely a home run, maybe even a grand slam. You, you know what that <laughs> is too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, vaguely, right. <laughs> um, and and if, if someone came up to me today and said, hey, Nathan, I've got somebody who's, from a Christian or a non-Christian background, and you have to give them one resource that they could use to kind of get it, so to speak, whatever it is, mm. I would probably give them the Genesis to Jesus that the St. Paul Center mm. put out. And I, I don't know if there's even been an update. I went through it, goodness, maybe maybe a decade or more ago. I just I don't remember exactly the timeline. But mm-hmm. the way Genesis to Jesus put out the typology and makes yes. all of these connections. Like I yes. had never I had never considered the idea that scripture I mean, yes, it's a story or a collection of stories, but this idea that there's a narrative throughout, <clears throat> that God is mm. essentially telling a story, and the story that he's telling is the way in which he is working throughout time, both in the Old Testament, yes. all leading up to Jesus. And I remember my wife one time, she went to a Bible study that was probably the second resource I would suggest to people, which is the Great Adventure Bible Timeline Bible mm, Study. Sure. Yeah. And she came back after one of them on Matthew. 
And my wife is, you know, usually she comes back home after something like that and she sits down and she's, you know, kind of quiet and doesn't really talk about it. And I've, I've got to pull it out of her. Like, how did it go? What happened? She sat down like she had been in a car accident, just complete shock on her face. And she sat down and that was the one that talked about how Jesus escapes to Egypt and now, you know, he's going to come back and how Jesus is reliving the entire life of Israel over again. And she just was not shaking, but again, shocked. And she's like, I had no idea how valuable the Old Testament is and how all these things are are not just Old Testament stories like you get out of children's books. This Mm, is, I've been trained to know the life of Jesus who loves me immeasurably. And, yes. and, and that was, I mean, watching my wife talk about that was a, a very life-changing experience for me. Like, oh, I should have experiences like that, too. <laughs> wow. So, wow. I, I just want to Praise encourage Jesus. you, yeah, in, in the work that you guys are doing there, is, is that the resource you would recommend, or would there even be something else you'd recommend? Yeah, that's a great, thank you for sharing that, Nathan. That is a, that's a beautiful testimony. And, yeah, I think you, those are two wonderful suggestions, Genesis to Jesus, that people can find uh, through our website. Paulcenter.com, and then also, like you say, that the Great Adventure Bible uh, timeline and and the you know the reading guide, which you can get for Ascension. Those are two wonderful places to start. I would say uh, Dr. Scott Hans, a father who keeps his promises, really is. Uh, it's sort of a classic at this point, but it really is very stellar. It's just basically a summary of the whole Bible, uh, giving that that narrative perspective. And so, for those of us who again find scripture quite overwhelming or a little daunting that's also a really helpful guide uh and then you know there's lots of there's been a real revival in recent years so there's other resources as well i know word on fire has a new bible out um and so yeah but i I would recommend people you know check out the website that we have stpaulcenter.com you're going to find a whole plethora of resources on there a lot of different study guides uh online materials print materials uh that's you know that's our that's our mission that's what we're passionate about so you'll find plenty of things there now were you familiar with typology before you became a student at Steubenville, Clement? Yeah, you know, I, I, I had a phase in high school where I was reading a ton, and I became very interested in uh, theology and also philosophy. Uh, so I'd come across it, but I would say, yeah, college definitely helped me go a lot deeper. I mean, how, how, how did typology, or how does typology change the perspective that you have, especially of the Old Testament? I think so many Christians just think the Old Testament's archaic, and now we have Jesus, so we can just throw this junk mm-hmm. away, and it's, it's the most beautiful thing there is. Amen, amen. Yeah, so, yeah, again, for the, for the listeners, you know, to remind you that what is typology? It's this, this idea that there are certain figures or types of Christ in the Old Testament. And so, you know, what is a type? It's like a symbol or something pointing forward. And so it could be often a person, but it could also be a place or a, an event. And the idea that these things are reminding us, they're pointing forward to Christ. So a great example, you know, you find in Genesis 22 with Abraham taking Isaac uh, up the mountain to sacrifice him at, at God's command. And, it, you know, if you don't have a typological reading, this story can feel very, it's an affront to our, you know, our sensibilities. So it's this kind of divinely mandated child abuse. But I think when you realize, and, and people like, you know, you'll get some of the new atheists who kind of say this, and, um, but, but, you know, I think you realize when, when you read this through the lens of typology, who is Isaac? He's a type of Christ. He is a type of the obedient, loving son who's laying down his life as a sacrifice on behalf of the father, who is Abraham. 
And so when you go back and you reread the text more closely, you notice things. You notice that it says Isaac is the one carrying the wood, just as Jesus later on will carry the wood of the cross. And when you look at the background text, you realize that Isaac isn't like a, a little child. He's not like six years old or 12 years old, but he's like a young man at this point, you know, possibly quite a similar age to Jesus. And so he's perfectly capable of overpowering his, his father, Abraham, who's you know, over 100 years old. But again, reading it through this lens where you see, no, he doesn't do that because he's not being forced into this, but he's actually voluntarily doing this in order to respond to his father's command, who in turn is responding to the Heavenly Father. And so, for me, that's a great example of a text that at first might seem strange or difficult, actually becomes this beautiful type of Christ pointing forward to him. And I think you see this in, you know, dozens, hundreds of examples through the Old Testament. And what it helps us to do, again, is to capture that narrative sense of Scripture, that this is a story, but it's not just a story, it's a true story. As C.S. Lewis liked to say, it's myth made fact. And when you get that, I think you realize, like you said with your, your wife, you know, it, it, it's mind-blowing, it's life-changing, it's incredibly beautiful. Well, I was at a, an event, and I don't want to share too much because I don't want anyone to figure out who I'm talking about, but I was there with an evangelical pastor, mm-hmm. and, and the conver- but strangely what was brought up there was the Abraham account, and he said point blank, like, I've never understood this. And so we, sure. we, we take the break, and we're heading to the bathroom, and on the way to the bathroom and back, I'm just doing what you just did, just kind of opening up the typology of the Abraham account and how this is all about Jesus and how at the very end, right, God will provide the lamb, but they don't find a lamb. There's a ram yeah. there, and they, they, they sacrifice the lamb. So we're still waiting for that lamb. That lamb is Jesus. Jesus, you know, God is essentially using this story to lead us to Jesus, and yeah, his jaw just know. dropped as we're walking back. And actually, the, the, the event we were at started, and we didn't even go back in the room yet. We were still out in the hallway talking. And Praise God. Long, long story short, I said, well, what, what do they tell you? Like, what were you trained in your seminary? And his comment was something to the effect of, well, we kind of had to just forget ex- almost exactly what you said, like the divine child abuse thing. You just have to believe that that's what God wants you to do. It's like so this this idea that God is always good is even challenged when you teach people like that. So I, I just want to thank you for the work that you do. Um, it's so critically important, and just like that pastor that day, like there's so much that we need to do to help people to fully trust this God who's always good, and we can trust with our whole hearts. Amen. Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. And yeah, thank you so much for your time, uh, Nathan. Really encourage your listeners to to go check out the website, stpaulcenter.com, and to sign up for our free program and to get a copy of the book. Outstanding. stpaulcenter.com. Thank you, Clement. God bless you, brother. Thank you. God bless you, too. All right, and you'll give us on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 